Thank you for listening today to our podcast here at Word of Life. We're delighted that you tuned in. And I pray that while you hear us talk, you hear the Holy Spirit speak. I know God's got a big plan for you. We're excited to be a part of that plan. Hopefully we will see you sometime soon, maybe even this weekend. Until then, we pray you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Hey, church, it's good to see everybody here at our Lakeland campus. Can we at the Lakeland campus give it up for everyone watching online and everyone at our Highland Colony campus? Oh, I tell you what, it's good to be in church today. We had a great time at the Highland Colony campus at the 8.30 service, and we want to say hello to everyone there uh, today. Uh, And also, next weekend, we are going to have a communion Sunday. Uh, So I can't wait to lead our church family in communion. We're going to have a time of extended worship, as well as a message that I think will be incredibly relevant to the season that you are in. Uh, And I can't wait to lead us in communion. So if you're here, we want to invite you to come. And this will be a great service as well to bring your families to at whatever campus you're attending, whether it's this one, Highland Colony, or our online campus. Uh, So that's coming up. And in fact, we're looking at making the last Sunday of every month Communion Sunday. So we're going to test it out and just kind of see what you guys think about it, see if you like it, and have a service every Sunday that's kind of extended worship and that kind of thing. So we can't wait for that. I want to invite everyone today to open up your Bibles with me to the book of Genesis. We're going to look at Genesis uh, chapter number 14. Genesis 14, and we're going to read here in verse number 18. Verse number 18. Genesis 14, verse number 18. It says, And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine. This was a communion meal. Uh, Communion is a type of covenant where we remind ourselves that we are in covenant with someone. Brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. Now, Hebrews chapter 7, which I encourage you to read when you get home, talks about how Melchizedek is a type and shadow of the Lord Jesus Christ. So he comes as the high priest of the Most High God, and he blessed Abraham. Melchizedek blessed Abraham. Melchizedek is a type and shadow of Jesus. He blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into your hand, and he gave him tithes of all. And the king of Sodom said unto Abraham, Give me the persons, but take the goods, the money, the possessions for yourself. And Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted up my hand unto the Lord, meaning I have made a vow, the most high God, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will not take from you even a shoelace. And I will not take anything that is yours, lest you have said uh, and would be able to say, I have made Abram rich. Save only that the young men which have eaten and the portion of men which went with me. Now notice in verse uh, Genesis chapter 15 and verse number 1. After these things. Now after what things? After everything we just read. Watch what happens. The word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision saying, Fear not, for I am your shield And I am your exceedingly great reward. Fear not, for I am your shield. And God tells Abram, 
I am your exceeding great reward. Um, we don't have a, a tithes and offering segment here at Word of Life Church. Um, I have stressed uh, that even though we would be classified as like a full gospel church, that I would never want anyone to ever, somebody says, what do you mean by full gospel? We believe the whole thing. The whole gospel, we believe it, and it's an entirety. We don't excuse any part of it away. We just believe the whole thing. Uh, and unfortunately, a lot of times, churches with those labels uh, and operate under those labels have a reputation that all those types uh, of churches, all they're after is your money. Uh, and uh, it's so sad, and it, it honestly is heartbreaking. And as someone who has grown up in the church, my father and mother were pastors. I'm 38 years old. It's all I know is this world. I have seen that to be true in a lot of different meetings and in a lot of different services. That I, even I got the impression that all the church wanted was my money or maybe all that speaker wanted was my money, which is why I always say this. We don't pass tithes and offering uh, plates here. Uh, for that reason, we don't have a tithes and offering segment every Sunday for that reason uh, because I genuinely want you and not yours. And if you came to this church and never gave us a penny, uh, I would love you just like someone else um, that I don't know, uh, that, who gave everything. I, I genuinely don't know who the biggest givers in the church are. Uh, I, I genuinely uh, have protected my heart in that area, and I have done this so that I can teach this message with uh, purity. Uh, this church uh, does not do these types of things because we need more money. Uh, last year, in the middle of a pandemic, it was our best year ever financially, this year, we've seen even a better year financially than last year. Uh, amen. Can we celebrate what God is doing? Um, and somebody says, well, how is that? It's because we don't just teach these things. We do these things, and these things work when you work these things. Uh, and so this is a big issue for me in pastoring, and so instead of doing like tithes and offering segments, I like to take uh, generally one Sunday out of every month and just teach on it. Um, there's only been one time in my life where I did not tithe. Yes, uh, I uh, myself have wrestled with tithing in very intimate ways. Uh, I grew up, uh, once again, the son of pastors. And so it's just what we did from age one to 17. It's just what you do. You get $10, $1 belongs to the house of the Lord. And so I was trained in that. I was corrected in that. I was coached in that. And honestly, from age one to 17, it was never hard. And the reason why it was never hard is I had absolute faith and certainty in my earthly uh, father and my earthly mother that they would meet my needs and take care of my desires, that Christmas would come and I would get toys and I would open up the pantry and there would be cereal and soup uh, and Hot Pockets. How many of you still like Hot Pockets? No shame uh, for any of you. Uh, so I, I found 
found uh, myself comfortably tithing uh, for about two decades. Uh, And then if you attend this church, you know um, this part of the story. My father passed away when I was 17, and I went to a Bible training center uh, at age 17. I graduated high school at 17, and here I am getting trained to do this job and trained for this profession, and while I'm getting trained to do this job, I took a job at a coffee shop where I was making a quarter above minimum wage. And here I am, a single individual. My father has just passed away. I now have an apartment. I have a vehicle. I have gas for that vehicle. Uh, I am having to wash my own clothes uh, and buy detergent (laughs) and uh, all of those types of things and was struggling to do all of that uh, just for me on minimum wage. Uh, Well, a quarter above minimum wage. Uh, uh, So out of this, uh, I'm wrestling just with fear, Uh, just general fear when it came to my finances. And I I never will forget the first check I got after we got paid weekly, and the first check I got after a week's worth of, of work I opened up the check, and I literally laughed out loud, and then I almost started to cry, because I'm like, I worked all week for that? Like, that that is what all of that equal to? That is what I'm worth as a human being? Uh, So, like, I had this moment of just uh, raw emotion, and then fear crept in, and I'm like, how in the world am I ever going to pay for life? Uh, of that. Uh, And in the middle of this, I'm attending church. And the church that I went to, I genuinely loved. It was not the the most popular church. Uh, It was not even the church that all of my friends were going to. It was just a church where I felt a connection. When I went in that place, God dealt with my heart. And it didn't have to be uh, even through the pastor. Sometimes during worship, it was sometimes through a guest speaker, sometimes it was through the pastor, but while I'm there, uh, the Holy Spirit was just able to speak to me. And, And that was always the basis of my decision making is I'm not gonna go to just the cool church or the church everyone's going to. I'm gonna go to the place where God can deal with me and and shepherd me. And that was just that place uh, where God was able to deal with my heart. And so this church had Sunday morning uh, services, Sunday night services, Wednesday night services, Tuesday night prayer meetings, like uh, all of these types of things. And one Sunday night, um, I'm sitting there, and they did tithes and offering segments. And I don't want to knock any church that does that, because I know many churches that do that, and it's still a pure and holy thing, and it's just the easiest way for people to give. I get that. Um, But uh, the, the offering bucket is going by, and I have a moment of conviction And I'll be honest, uh, can I be honest? How many of you think it'd be safe as a pastor, to be honest? Uh, So (laughs) I felt uh, shame, uh, like this, this, this massive amount of shame because I knew I was not tithing. I was tipping (laughs) <laughs> you ever tipped? Uh, I was tipping, uh, but I most definitely was not tithing. And tithing is where you give the first 
and was most definitely not anywhere near that. I was giving like the last 1%. <laughs> and, and, you know, whatever was left over uh, kind of thing. And I, I, I had this moment of like shame. And honestly, I almost got to the place of, of tears because I genuinely love the Lord. When, when my earthly father passed away, it was the most devastating thing that ever happened to me uh, because I had just felt like I was old enough to be his friend. And then he was gone. Suddenly, And it wounded me so much uh, that out of that, I developed a very intimate relationship with my heavenly father. And he became, through a number of events, very real to me. And I loved him. And I had this moment of like love, and I, I genuinely loved my church. I, I loved my church. I loved my community, and it, it was not perfect. And like I said, it even wasn't where my friends were attending. Uh, but I loved it. And I, I'm, I'm invested in it from a, a serving level, but from a financial level, I just wasn't there. And, and in my mind, I'm like, I can't afford it. And uh, I have this moment of conviction. And like, I, I just want to stop here and say, I think for many people, uh, they have the same battle. Uh, we have a, a book that I'll give you for everyone who says, I'd like to, to do this. I'll, I'll give you the book. And the whole reason like we have these 90-day challenges and all this other kind of stuff is simply because I want to set up something that would have helped my Christianity when I was starting it. And so I'm trying to think that there are probably many people like me in this room who are 18 years old, maybe on minimum wage or close to it, and you have a lot of fear. What would I have liked to have happened to me? That's what I want to give you. So this is where the the 90-day challenge kind of came from, is I want to disciple you in this, but I can't if I don't know you need discipleship in this area. Uh, So uh, out of that... Uh, I, I have like this, this fear, but I, I think most of the church world does because when you look at statistics, only one-third of people who go to church give anything to the church nationally in America. One-third of the, the people who say I go to church give anything to the church, and only about 3.8% of the average American believers tithe. If the whole American church would tithe, the Great Commission, meaning preaching Jesus all over the world, did you know this? One-third of the world right now has never heard the name Jesus. So when will the world end? When everyone is heard. Uh, And there's still one-third that hasn't, so that's what we call the Great Commission. The Great Commission would be accomplished 18 times over today, if just the American church tithe. 
it would so boost the body of Christ that we could fulfill the Great Commission 18 times over. Uh, And so this is why God says that there may be meat in my house. Like you've robbed me when it comes to tithing, even the whole nation. Because it's like, how can my little bit add up? It's not your little bit, it's all of our little bits. That when they add up, it does something massive on a global scale for world missions. So anyway, like I, I, I know all of this, but genuinely the reason why I wasn't giving and why I think a lot of Americans aren't uh, is not because I was like uber selfish or like a lover of things or like a, a lust of the flesh that's like, you know what, I'm going to a steak dinner tonight instead of giving to the church. It's like, I'm waiting for Totino's to go on sale at the grocery so I can buy 10 of them for 10 bucks. Like this is my world, like forget steak dinners. Uh, like that's the truth. The, the grocery store down the street from us every Sunday night would take Totino's pizza and get 10 for 10. We, like all of the, the Bible school, we'd rate it. I mean, we'd take the whole section and take it back home. Uh, so it, it wasn't like this, this mass amounts of selfishness. And don't get me wrong, I do believe that's part of why God would ask us to tithe, is that for some people, it is about selfishness. They love themselves more than they love the Lord. They love hunting more than they love the Lord. They love sports more than they love the Lord. And, and God will always ask for Isaac. He'll test you in that to see what do you love more? Do you love this more or do you love me more? And so for some, I'll, I'll be granted that that is what this issue confronts is selfishness. But for me, and I think for most of us, it does not confront selfishness, it confronts fear. Uh, At the end of the day, at, at 18 years old, I didn't trust that God could get it back to me. That's just the truth. Uh, I didn't have enough belief and enough faith in him uh, that I wouldn't miss the money. And I had sat in service after service where it's like I knew the church phrases of 90% with God in it is better than 100% without God in it, like all of those types of things. But when I got a check for what I got after 40 hours of work and I'm like, nope, (laughs) like no, sir. Uh, And I'm I'm there and like I know, like I'll give what I can, but you know, I've got to by Totino's tonight. Uh, so, so all of these kinds of emotions. And it was so good for me. And it's good for you. Because the most dangerous thing for the children of Israel is God was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he wasn't theirs. And for 17 years, I had had a mediator between me and God. And it was not Jesus, it was my parents. Uh, that if for some reason God didn't come through, I knew my parents would. And so like, you're operating with a safety net. Uh, And it was like this beautiful little construct and I had heard all of my parents face stories of like, Joel, you see this now, but what you didn't see is when we started with no people and no money. Joel, you see this now, but what you didn't see is that me and your mother, when we first started in ministry, we were eating off a dining room table that had uh, plywood and cinder blocks. And that's what it was made out of. And like all of these stories. 
And even in scripture, you see all of these stories of men and women who lived by faith and braved the lion's dens and, you know, walked uh, through, through, through storms and walked on water and like all of these stories. And it's so great for Ronnie Sims to have a story and it's so great for Peter to have a story and it's so great for Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to have a story. But you know what your faith needs? It doesn't just need some doctrine. It needs some stories of your own where you looked at the lion and you jumped in, where you looked at the fiery pit and you had enough faith that a fourth man could show up. And this is what I was faced with. It's like this moment of like, am I going to just listen to all of these preachers and their stories or will I believe God? And so I, for the first time in months, I cut a tithe check and I watered my seed, man. <laughs> like, have you ever cried when you gave? Like, like, like out of it, it's like you can, the financial department can always tell if it was tough to give because like the check mark is like smeared, you know, where they were writing the check and tears are gone. Like I watered that seed uh, and I, I dropped it in the, the offering bucket and I, I went past this fear and I'm like, this moment of faith. Have you ever had a moment of faith where you felt on top of the world? Have you had a mo ever had a moment in your Christianity where you felt really good about yourself? It's like I did that thing. And like you feel you forgave, you released, you cut the check, whatever it may be. And it's like I feel good today. And I just knew, like I knew how God was going to open up the windows of heaven and pour on me a blessing that I did not have room enough to receive was at the coffee shop that I worked, I was up for a promotion. And with that promotion would be a raise. Uh, and so out of that, I just knew that is going to be the way God is going to provide for me. Your boy is getting the raise. Like, I just knew uh, God who loved me and, and I was the first employee they had ever hired. And so I'm like, I'm in line. Like, I am in line. I started tithing. And long story longer, I, I went to work where they were announcing the, the management because we had hired other employees. At this point, the coffee shop had grown, and, and now there were other baristas, and, you know, someone has to manage all these people. And, uh, like, I just knew they're going to call my name. And sure enough, like, I, my boss is standing there with two of the other employees next to him. And I'm in front of them with the other employees. And I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> and he looks, he's like, I had a staff meeting. I wanted to tell you this is now the night manager. And this is now the, I, the day manager. I verbally said, what? Like, like out loud. I didn't know. I was 18. Uh, so I'm like, what? Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm like, it's because they're in their 20s, isn't it? Like, like it's, it's because they're a little older than them. Like, I'm showing why I didn't get management position uh, with my attitude. Uh, and uh, out of that, I, I walked home, walked back to my apartment, and I was so, I'm like, God, I tithed in everything. Like, I thought surely this would happen. But do you know what I, got, I saw God do? He became a shield for me. 
Abraham has this moment. Now, this is, this is interesting. Like, in the law, which happens after Abraham, you have Moses, Aaron, Ten Commandments, whole kind of thing. They created a law to support the temple and the priest, is that the Levites would be the priest, and they, their portion would be God. They would not work uh, in the fields. They would not work and start businesses. Their lot in life would be God. And so every other tribe uh, of the 12 tribes of Israel would support the priest and the temple with the tithe. And they had set this up so that the temple would be strong and all of those kinds of things. It was all based off of law. This was before the law. And now, as Christians, we are after the law. Jesus fulfilled it. And we see this man, Abraham, go through a great battle. Out of this great battle, walks away with great increase. And when he gets this increase, he makes a vow. And the vow he makes is from here on out, of my own free will, I will, will give 10% to the Lord. And he has a priest, the priest comes and they take communion and he gives him that 10%. And out of this, um, he has this moment where the very next chapter, God appears to him. And when he appears to him, the first thing God tells him is, fear not, Abraham. Why would he have to tell him that? Because whenever you begin to trust God in this area, fear is going to be the thing that you're going to have to overcome. And he says, fear not, Abraham. And I'll tell you why you can fear not. is because I will be your shield. And you know what? Like, I can just, just tell you my story. At, at, at making a quarter by minimum wage, at that job, I never made more. I never made more than a quarter above minimum wage. For a year and a half, I worked all those hours with never more than a quarter above minimum wage. But I saw God be a shield for me. And I don't know how, like still to this day, I don't know how it all happened. But out of that, I saw God supernaturally provide for me where I absolutely never missed the money. Like, I don't even know how it's even possible to not miss it, but I did not miss the money. And by the end of my time at that job and at that, that training center, I was so uh, blessed with grace uh, that I was even at that point able to give an offering. And I never will forget this. I had saved up enough to buy a jacket. Uh, because the Bible school I went to was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, and it gets cold and windy in Tulsa, and I would walk to school and walk to work to save gas money. And out of that, in, in walking, I would get so cold that I'm like, I need a jacket. Because for Mississippi, like, it's, it's, it's okay if you have a jacket, but it's not necessary. There, it's necessary. Uh, and I'm like, I need a jacket. So I saved up enough money to get a jacket. And I was in a meeting called Exaltation, which was on Tuesday for the Bible school students. We'd get together and we'd pray and we'd worship. And I'm, I'm in prayer and I'm in worship and God speaks to me. All that money that you saved up, uh, for that jacket, I want you to give it to so-and-so's tuition. 
And have you ever had that money and that moment where you wrestled with God? I'm like, I know them. Like, they're in better shape than I am. Like, and I know if they're not uh, caught up on tuition, it's because they mismanage money. Like, I see how they eat. Like, like I know. Like, they could save money there uh, and put that towards tuition. Uh, and so I'm wrestling with God, and I'm like, is this really God? And what a dumb question that is. Like, is this really God? I'm like, it can't be Satan, Joel. It's not Satan telling you to give this money to somebody's Bible school tuition. Uh, so I'm like, ah! So I made a decision. I would give my jacket money. And I walked into the admissions office and I came and I said, uh, I'd like to put this towards so-and-so's tuition. They pulled it up and sure enough, I kid you not, it was the exact amount of money they needed to get caught up on their tuition. And I walked out of that office bawling. You know why? I had heard from God. And I tell you, like, Jesus said, uh, if, if I can't trust you with money, I can't entrust unto you true riches. And you want to talk about something better than a steak dinner. You get into a situation where you know you have heard from God and you were able to be his hands and feet in the earth. I'm telling you, there is nothing better than that. And I went to um, um, bed that night, woke up the next morning, went to work, and that night of the following day, I had a knock on my door. And I open up the door, and there's a lady standing there with this box. It wasn't wrapped, but it was just boxed. With this box, and she was holding it like this, like you would like a, a heavy box of pizza or something. Uh, and I'm like, something better than Totino's? Uh, so, but no, I'm kidding. Uh, so she's holding it <laughs> like this. Uh, and I can tell, you know, it's got some, some weight to it. And she said, so-and-so, and she named this minister, uh, was praying yesterday. And he's not a part of this minister, ministerial organization, you know, any of those kinds of things. Um, he was uh, out uh, driving and praying, and the Lord spoke to him and told him to give you this. And so he gave it to me today and asked me to drop it off. And I said, thank you. And I took the box, shut the door, and I opened it up, and it was a brand new leather jacket. Come on, somebody. I still have that jacket to this day. It's so out of style, but I know if I give it enough time, it's coming back. Uh, and out of that, I still have the jacket. God said to Abraham, fear not, I will be your shield. And to this day, I have that jacket, and it's a testimony that my God will defend me from the cold. My God will defend me from not enough. My God will be my shield. But I've also seen God be my exceeding great reward. Uh, and I, I don't like how this subject has been like, you give God a dollar, he'll give you 10. God is not a slot machine. Uh, God is not a lottery. The offering is not a lottery. <laughs> it's so funny you even have to say it. Uh, but you have to say it. I apologize for, for anyone who's communicated anything differently. Uh, but what God is, is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him with their time, with their resources, with their life. If you genuinely seek the Lord, he is a rewarder. 
And Abraham, out of his own free will, gives a tithe, and God comes and says, fear not, why? I'll be your shield, but I will also be your exceeding great reward. Now, since that time, uh, I have seen the Lord do things that have blown my mind. Uh, I remember years ago when the Lord told me, don't pass buckets anymore. I'm like, what? How will we get money? Like, it takes money to run, Lord. And he's like, don't pass buckets. And we stopped passing buckets, and the tithes and offerings went up. And then he said, don't even have an offering segment every time, especially during the biggest services. Easter, any service where it's big, don't even talk about the offering. I'm like, Lord, this is how we operate. And for the past 17 years, we have increased every year. So we've seen a lot as a ministry. uh, And we've seen God do a lot for us with, with structures and facilities and all of those things. But probably the biggest miracle that has ever happened uh, for this ministry is our campus uh, across town. Um, You have about 12 acres there of what might be the best property in all of Mississippi right now in between 55 and Holland Colony. New interchanges and Costco and like all of those things built right by it. And it was given to us. It's worth millions And it was given to us. We didn't have to buy it. We didn't have to pay for it. Uh, It was given. Uh, Which is amazing. But it was a reward. Uh, God says, if you are faithful and that which is another man's, God will give you your own. If you are faithful and that which is little, God will give you more. That God watches what he has put in your hands to see what else he can put in your hands. And if you prove yourself faithful with what he has put in your hands, God will give you more. And I had a moment where years ago there was a missionary uh, that the Lord had asked me in this ministry to covenant with. That when they say they thirst, you go to the well and get them water. And just make it happen. And so for years we had. We had given them thousands of dollars every month. Um, The conference uh, that they put on every year, we pay for the whole thing. I mean, cut a check, pay for the whole thing. Um, And uh, I often go and preach at it. And so I went to go preach at this conference. And it's like middle of nowhere, India. Like, (laughs) Like middle of nowhere. Uh, But every year that I had gone, they had put us in like this hotel that like, you know, you suffer for Jesus, but not if you don't have to. And like this was like, wow. Okay. So anyway, uh, they had just built the the year that I'm talking about, it's 2019, a brand new courtyard by Marriott. And I'm like, Lord, you do see and provide. You are my shield and my exceedingly great reward. Uh, And so we're staying at the courtyard by Marriott. And in front of this uh, hotel was a uh, train. And I loved, loved this moment of being in the courtyard. And in India, it's cheaper to build up than out because land is precious with that many people. 
And so it was several stories tall, and, and you know, I asked for a high floor, and I'm there, and I'm overlooking India. And I love that nation. And there was this train that was going by, and I'm watching the train go by, and I'm sipping coffee, and I'm like, God, this is amazing. Like, just thank you for this moment of refreshing and, like, drinking in the beauty of the world. And, and I have this, and, man, I kid you not, the Holy Spirit speaks to, spoke to me. And he said to me, he said, Joel, you have been unfaithful. And I started weeping. I love the Lord Jesus. He is my father. I know him and I love him. And I know his voice. And the voice of a stranger I will not follow. And he spoke to me and he said, Joel, you have been unfaithful in your support of this ministry here in India. You have let matters of preference make you be unfaithful. And your unfaithfulness has discouraged the man I sent to this nation. And your unfaithfulness has delayed the work I want to do through that man in this nation. Now at this time for this ministry, we as a church and I as an individual, we're giving thousands a month. Now, this church tithes every month, but this is over and above the tithe, uh, giving this out to missions. And to this ministry in particular, it's one of the ones that we support the most. And here the Lord is telling me, because of matters of preference, I had been unfaithful. And because of that unfaithfulness, that it had discouraged the man that God had sent to this nation and had delayed the work God wanted to do in that nation through that man. And when he said it, I'm sitting there crying because I never want to wound him. Do you know you can grieve the Holy Spirit? And you don't grieve him by, I've heard preachers say, you know, quiet that baby, it's grieving the Holy Spirit. Or silence that phone, it's grieving the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you can't grieve the Holy Spirit by a crying baby or a ringing phone. But there are other things that wound him. And I knew I had wounded the one I loved the most. I knew I had wounded the Lord. And I knew he was right. I had let a matter of preference in ministry um, hinder my support. And they didn't even know it, but I knew it. Uh, they were looking to build a Bible school and church and orphanage. And I had just built uh, this ministry. I knew how much it cost to build. And I wanted them to buy an existing building. Like, we can do ministry now. Like, we don't have to go through a build building process. Like, just get the building and do it. That buildings, if you build them, they take money. But if you can inherit them, they, they begin to, like, earn and, like, that kind of thing. And so I was, and it just seemed like my preference wasn't getting listened to and, and those types of things. And anyway, the Lord corrected me on that. He said, it's not yours. It's his ministry. And he said, if you're faithful in another man's, I'll give you your own. And he said, there are, there's some things I'm trying to get to you that if you're not faithful in this area, faithful in another man's, I can't give you your own. 
And he said, besides all of that, do you think everyone who attends your church likes everything you do in it? And I'm like, yes, Lord, surely, surely they all love me. No, I didn't say that. I'm like, I'm sure. I get the emails. I'm sure. Uh, you know, the music's too loud or it's not loud enough or whatever it may be. Too cold, whatever. Uh, so I'm like, oh, no, I know. I know that people have preference. And he's like, don't you want to sow seeds of mercy there? Where when you don't meet everybody's expectations on what they think you should do? that they have mercy and not judgment and stay faithful towards you? I said, yes, Lord. And so you don't have to tell me that it takes hard to get willing and obedient. Just a little heart change, and I made up my mind to do it. So that night I went and preached, and uh, preached that, that night in India, and we're coming back into the hotel at the end, and I get in the elevator with the, the missionary. And he says, will you come up to my room? And when he said that, I got nervous. So you've ever gotten nervous around a man or a woman or God? And I'm like, God, like it was enough for you to correct me privately. I don't need to be corrected publicly. And like I just knew it's going to be like a bad moment. And we get in the elevator. He takes me up to his hotel room. He's like, come follow me. And we go in his room. And when we, we go in, um, he, he pulls out this journal, this beautiful leather journal. And he said, I just want to give you this. You're the biggest and best partner we have. And we wouldn't be able to do what we're able to do in India. See, sometimes you can look at the flesh, but the Lord doesn't look at the flesh. The Lord doesn't see as a man sees. The Lord looks at the heart. People see what you've done. The Lord sees inwardly. And so in the natural, you know, when you just looked at it, it's like you're the biggest and best partner we have. And I said, wait. I said, I received this with gratitude. Thank you. Uh, but I said, you need to know something. I've been unfaithful. And in this matter of preference, I have let it withhold what I know I'm supposed to do. And I need to repent to you. And I did that night. I told him, from here on out, we're going to double your monthly support. I said, not only that, if it's the last thing I ever do, I'm going to build that building. I'll pay for the whole thing. And I made him take me to the, the site the next day. And I went to where he, he, the land he had bought. And I went and I picked up this rock. And I brought it home and I set it on my desk. So that every time I walked in, I would remind myself of the vow and the hand that I had lifted before God, of a covenant that I had made with God. And that by the end of 2019, we gave him enough money to build that building in full. I kept the rock to remind me to be faithful even when I disagree. And in 2020, uh, it hit, and the pandemic swept over the world. No one knows how we're going to be able to do church. Will people stay supported? Will people still like you? If they are out of church for a year, will they ever come back? <laughs> like all of these types of things. And you're wondering, and then right in the middle of 2020, we are giving, given a new campus, the best piece of property maybe in the state of Mississippi. 
we have our best year ever, ever as a ministry in the middle of 2020 financially. And I see it, it's, it's because the Lord is a rewarder. And he's a shield. And for some of you, you, you may see God be a shield. Where it's like, I don't know how, but I'm not missing it. But for others of you, there may be some things that God wants to get to you that until you're, you're faithful with, with one thing, God can't get to you the other. And there is a reward that comes that's something that's far greater than you could ever do. Me and our executive pastor, who now is the campus pastor of that church, we sat in that parking lot and said we could never afford it. Like we knew God was calling us to do another work and we're like, this would be perfect. We just don't have the money for it. And God's like, you didn't need it. You just needed to be faithful. Faithful in what I asked you to do. Fear not, Abraham. I am your shield and I am your exceedingly great reward. You can fear not. God will be your shield and God will be your exceeding great reward. Every about every eye closed. Uh, if you're, you're here today and you want to participate in the 90-Day Thai Challenge online at Highland Colony or at Lakeland, uh, there's a card that I think you've, you've been given. You can fill it out and put your name on it. If you want your book today, uh, you can go out in the lobby and give them the card and they'll give you a book. Uh, if uh, you want us to mail it to you uh, and it'd just be easier for you to drop it off, you can drop off the card. Uh, for you online, you can fill it out and you can have us send you a digital copy or we'll mail you one. And you don't have to give anything to get it. We just want to be a blessing to you. And for anyone who thinks um, that any of this, once again, is designed uh, to get something from you, please don't give. We're blessed. But I want you to have a story. And so maybe this is not the time for you. I, I, I can understand that. But if you doubt my, my motive, then please go to another church where you can trust your shepherd. But if you, you, you trust the Lord in, in this, then I, I think this could be a very strategic moment for you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, there's something that matters to the, the Lord, and I'll invite our campus pastor uh, up to the stage at Highland Colony. There's something that matters to the Lord even, even more than your, your finances, and that's you and your heart. And if you're here today and you say, Pastor Joel, I, I want to come to Jesus, a fresh and a new and in a sacrificial way. I want to come to Jesus. The Lord loves you. He's not holding anything against you. And if you want to come to him, this is your chance. Right now, I'm not going to ask anybody to look at you, but I will ask this. If you're here with your head bowed and eyes closed and that's you, you want to come to Jesus for the first time or to rededicate your life, would you do something for me? Would you just lift your hand all over this room? All over this building. I see hands going up. Amazing, amazing. Anybody else? Hands going up. I see it in the back, in the balcony, in the front. Amazing, amazing. Amen, amen. Now, everybody, just pray this prayer with me. You can repeat it after me. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful that you do not hold my sins and my trespasses against me. Lord, 
I surrender my life to you. I receive forgiveness. Though my sins were red like scarlet, your blood has washed me and made me whiter than snow. I thank you, Father. Today, I receive forgiveness. No longer will I hold my mistakes against myself. I'm free, Lord Jesus. And I thank you that my best days are starting right now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we give it up today for everybody who made a decision for Jesus? We love you, church, so much today. If you need prayer for anything, come to the altar. We want to pray with you and for you. We'll have prayer room workers standing all right here if you need prayer. Uh, for those of you who want to take the tie challenge, you can drop the card off or you can give the card to the table out there and get your book. Uh, for those of you who are guests here today, uh, we are so thankful you came. Uh, and we have a free gift we want to give you. There's a booth out there that just says welcome. Uh, first time guests, you'll see the sign. Go out there. Tell them this is your first time at Word of Life. Uh, and they will give you a free gift. It's just a t-shirt to let you know how thankful we are for you. Next weekend, you want to make sure to get your face in the place. It's communion. I know it's Memorial Day, but if you're in town, we're having communion, extended worship. I've got a message. I can't wait to preach it. We love you, church, so much. Have the best week of your life. You are dismissed. We'll see you next time.